Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol here at Wildlife Rescue. <laughs> Just kidding. Psych. We don't roll with that. Hey, nah, Carol Baskin, get the heck out of here. It's time for the classic Movie Junkie podcast. Am I right, Caleb? Everyone's favorite podcast. You are absolutely right, Troy. I feel that, man. How have you been doing? Man, I have been thriving, okay? Thriving. Wow. Different. I've been uh, the same uh, monster, but a different beast, okay? (laughs) Pretty much the same thing, man. You know, this quarantine got me just feeling like uh, that one old dude from Interstellar, you know? Just talking to myself every day, all day. That movie with uh, Pratt and that other girl, and they like... Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. They live on that ship, right? They just build like a whole world together and they got out of cryogenics early and oh man, great film. Wish I knew the name of it. (laughs) That just shows how excellent it is. Yeah. It's so good. All I cared about was the plot, not the the title. It's like when you care about like a like a like a girl, you're you're into her personality and not her looks. Because the title's just face value. Remember that. Exactly. You can't read a book by its cover. A sexy title doesn't mean anything if she's going to break your heart anyways. <laughs> Any, That's actually a pretty good uh, transition here. Any movies that you uh, feel disappointed you in any way? Any kind of movie like that? Like, are you talking uh, like based off title? Kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if it, you picked up a movie or saw a movie and you're like, oh, man, I heard all this good stuff and the, the title and, you know, cover looks cool. I'm gonna give it a try. And then you watch it and you're disgusted, to say the least. There's some um, I can't I can't really think of one specifically. Maybe a, maybe uh, the, the remake of Halloween I was kind of disappointed by that. Um, Black Klansman. Okay, there's one. I was. I know this is an Oscar-winning movie, and it's very progressive, and it's very um, culturally aware. And for that, it earns points. But I found the movie to be dreadfully boring. Really? Yes. Yeah, like I wanted. I just wanted. To just... I haven't seen the movie. Is it dry? Is that it? I th- I thought it was. I just wasn't very interested in the plot or the characters or anything. Mm. I understand. Um, I feel that. I'm trying to think of another movie. Another movie that just, just insurmountably disappointed me was uh, 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 I wasn't a. Uh, from being honest, I wasn't a huge fan of Zero Dark Thirty. It's another Oscar-winning movie, but found it kind of long and boring. It's like my first marriage. Yeah. Uh. Trying to think of some too. The Godfather. I'm gonna be honest with you. The first Godfather, kind of boring. Second one doesn't get much more entertaining. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. The first like half of Godfather one had me very bored. Same with the second half. It had some cool parts in it, and I understand that it was a, uh, you know, it had it had its impact, but still like, ugh, gosh. That's- the problem with watching these classic movies a lot of the times is that they're 
they were they're not as impactful as they were back in their heyday. You know, yeah. so it loses a little bit of its authenticity. That's true. Another it's, movie. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's hard to compare like classic movies from, say, like before the '60s or before they had a uh, color. Uh, just not saying that movies with color are better or more eccentric, but they had a lot more stuff in the future of filmmaking, which I think kind of uh, makes most black and white movies very underrated and overlooked. Yeah. Because there's there's other uh, newer films that are so crazy compared to black and white films. I just um of that time. I think I think a film's a, a film's a film. A good film's a good film. Doesn't matter what frequency it's in. But I I'll, I agree with you there. There's some you know just a lot of people just say ew it's black and white and you know they'll turn off Citizens Kane, something like that. God, I hate those kind of people. They they still do that with uh, like Sin City and Lighthouse and stuff like that. I still know some people that are like ew black and white. <laughs> come on. Big thing for me that people do that with is uh subtitles. Like people who don't want to watch like you know Parasite is one. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a great movie, and I'm, trust me, I don't know a lick of Korean, but it was great. Um, Pan's Labyrinth, which is completely in El Espanol, and that movie's fantastic. Yeah, you're you're right. There's a really good subtitle movies out there. They got some good ones. Um. I recently, I haven't finished it, but I just started watching Climax, and that's in um, Francois, or French for all you know, French speakers out there. And it's it's very good so far. It's very trippy and psychedelic, bro. Dude, in my opinion, French is the coldest language out there. God. such it's easiest to listen to. Such a beautiful language. It's, yeah, it's a romantic language. It's just... Beautiful. Did did a the Frenchman just join our anchor chat? What was I, that? I'm actually like a, a good portion of me is French. No cap on my grandma's side. Really? But I, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's a part of him. He lives within me. Very prestigious. Dude, very, very acclimated. Yes. <laughs> I hear your dog in the back, Frank. Yeah. Frank is, he's snoozing. He's a tired, tired, um, dark demon. Let me bring him a little closer. What does, uh, what does Frank think about movies? Does he watch movies with you? So you just kind of sleep him? Um, he's usually snoozing, but uh, there hasn't really been a movie that's kind of kept him really woke that I can think of. He usually just snoozes. doesn't matter what I watch. I could be watching, you know, I could be watching Machete, or I could be watching Gone with the Wind. Frank would be sleeping through either. Nice. Uh, well, speaking of uh, crazy movies, I heard you watched the Human Centipede films. Oh, the yeah. third one? Those were, yeah, I finished the, the Unholy Three, the trilogy, and they were, they were something... Sec- second one was hands down the grossest movie I've ever seen. And the third one, 
was it tried to be even grosser but i feel like since it was in color and it wasn't like as dirty and grimy looking as the second one it didn't really wasn't as gross hmm. but it was you know like they weren't good movies there and then you have a favorite out of the three um the second one i the second one i guess is my favorite for pure shock value i don't really feel the need to rewatch it again but the first one is the best like it's the most well-made movie out of them all like the first one's actually a decent homage to like b movies and then the second and third the guy was just like screw it let's just you know make us let's just gross everybody out let's just you know ruin everyone's senses and well the the concept of the film is quite gross and yeah you know that's what uh that's what's so cool about the first movie i guess is that it's really only the title that's terrible at that about that movie. You see very little of like the procedure and like the centipede itself. It's very brief. Mm-hmm. However, in the second and third, they're like, let's just make a snuff movie of people's buttholes getting cut open. That's uh, that's what the Saw movies did. Yeah, in a way, they they didn't really. I mean, they definitely had some gory parts in the very first one, but it was more of a crime drama in a way. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't and a horror movie. Each film, just like Human Centipede, turned to just ass to mouth of gore all <laughs> over the place, bleeding, screaming. Which you know, in some movies, that's good. I'm not gonna lie. They they did some good uh, soft films here and there, but you know the 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 series gets diluted. I just I think there's a. There's just an oversaturation of it, especially with some like Saw when there's eight or nine movies of just Yeah. They're just, making a tenth one. Like, yeah. And that one's that one's like produced by Jordan Peele, so you know it's not gonna be a straightforward movie. It's gonna be oh my god, there's all these like other elements to it. It's like Oh, it's directed by Jordan Peele. It's not directed by Jordan Peele, but it's uh produced by him. Just oh. the, the Candyman movie. Or he may be directing Candyman, I don't know. It's He's got a hand, and he's dipping his hand in both those projects. Man, dang it. I like Chris Rock, though. <laughs> Chris I don't Rock's know. A guy. I mean, I like the, the way that they're they're doing the new Saw films, but uh, I don't know. Jordan Peele, he's kind of known to ruin things. <laughs> like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> that was harsh. That reboot. The Twilight Zone reboot. I, I haven't seen it, any of it, so I can't really speak on it. Why the hell would you want to uh, remake Candyman? I mean, it's so just a good film by itself, you know, and it had its sequels. Why would you? Come on. You know, at least I prefer a sequel over a remake any day, to be honest with you, because that just means new content. Yeah. At least trying with new content instead of just remaking old content. And doing the exact same thing. I'm not going to lie. Remakes from like a long... Re, when they remake a movie that's like 30 plus years old... that well, those, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah those can be kind of cold. I agree. That, that There's definitely a, a bunch of remakes that are better than the original. But when it's like a, like what you're saying, like just like a... There's like a 10... Not a 10 year, but it's like 15 years or so. So it's still like... saw The original Saw is still pretty relevant. And the yeah. fact or like or it's the original Candyman, sorry. Not Saw, but the fact that they're remaking it, yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah, it's 
I don't know. Like I said, Jordan Peele. I'm not a big fan. He's like my least favorite director of all time. Wow. Yeah. An Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah, I th- I mean his his comedy bits are good. I like whenever he's he was with the uh, Jordan or uh, Key Key. Yeah, yeah, Key. Sorry, sorry. Key and Peele. Uh, he they had some okay stuff on Key and Peele, but I liked Key a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know, Jordan Peele, he just, he stinks. Fuck you, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, hey, Jordan Peele, go, go direct your funeral or something, you bum. Oof. I will say, on a different, much more uplifting note, the other <laughs> day, I caught some of, uh, I caught the majority of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on, you know, some TV channel. And good Lord, what a movie. Those, I, and just reminded me of how much I love Indiana Jones. Indy Jones goes federal. I'm not going to lie. Like, those are some of the best action movies ever made, and I can confidently say that. Ooh, best action movies? Some of the best. Like, I wouldn't say... If you consider Jaws an action movie, I'd call that the best action movie of all time. But if you consider it a horror movie, it's one of the best horror movies of all time, too. Yeah, it's like a horror thriller, in my opinion. Yeah. I'd I'd say Indiana Jones would be action-adventure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yes, you're absolutely right. Whenever you eat those monkey brains... Oh, the monkey... Yeah, they had the the big python. You cut it open, the eels crawl out. It's just such a good movie. Golly... Good. The, the Kalimar. <laughs> it's good, right? It's a good one. Just like I hadn't seen the movie in you know probably eight nine years, and I was like, wow. I remember why I like these movies so much. All three of them. All three of them are good. The OG three are cold, and even the fourth one it gets some hate, but the fourth one was pretty good. But old indie. Yeah. Well. Um, in my opinion, the, that new one where he, the newer one, I should say, the, the Crystal Skull. Yeah, whenever he hides in the fridge, that's that's a good part. Oh, definitely. Part. Yeah, they have like the that whole that whole uh, nuclear uh, nuclear town scene inspired the Black Ops One Nuketown map. Yep. For all you Call of Duty fans, so it's like that's one of the best maps in Call of Duty history. So yeah. shout out to Indy. Welcome to the uh, classic Call of Duty podcast. No, I could talk about Call of Duty all day. Call of Duty is... Uh, Prime, Prime Call of Duty was so much fun. Like, Okay, what's your um top three Call of Duty games? Top three? Yeah. I'm going to get a lot of count. hate. But oh, he's one of ghosts, for sure. <laughs> that was me blowing my brains out. Yeah. Call of Duty Ghosts was definitely the best. And then World War II is second. What? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was me, like my, my dead body coming back and shooting itself again. <laughs> the third. And Black Ops 2 was the third. Okay, BO2 was cold. BO2 was really good. Uh, I'm, I got Master Prestige and Ghosts, which is why I like it so much. That just shows that I, I put a lot of effort into it. I've pretty much unlocked everything in that game. I've done everything. I've been on it since the 360 version. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like that game's part of my childhood. I really enjoy it. Uh, same with World War Two. We, we pretty much got World War Two in uh, the day it came out, or the season when it came yeah. out. And that was a really good game, and 
I'm what it was a good I'm close to master prestige in that game now. Black Ops Just, Two. I don't even gotta say anything about Black Ops Two. Yeah. <laughs> Me and you would go into botted lobbies. Those we got lobbies. They don't need to know. Yeah. They don't need to know how we got diamond on everything. Okay. Yeah, we we would get boosted, get all these challenges done out of nowhere, not even doing them. I I still remember the uh, gamer tag that person that was boosting us. Blue Agua. Yeah, Blue Agua. It was a girl. It was insane. They had right. that. They had a dude from Phase. Like <laughs> one of the big guys, like Phase Rain, I think. Purple Rain, dude. I swear, Phase Rain was on Black Ops too. I met Phase Rain. Not so many people can say that. You're but right. All that Black Ops Two has is booters, where people will boot your IP off and or read your IP out loud. Oh yeah. Or boot you off the game, stuff like that. Turn your Xbox Live off. So that yeah, game's hard to play. Yeah. It's got way too many hackers to to be messed with it. Agreed. What are your uh, top three Call of Duty games? Number one, Black Ops Two. That's it had the, probably had my favorite multiplayer. It uh, had a really good zombies. Oh, zombie! See, that's why that's why uh, Black Ops Two was my third because of the zombies. Zombies was so good. I miss yeah. zombies. And then the campaign, it had, it had different endings. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, number two, Black Ops One. It had a pretty had a pretty good multiplayer. Its campaign was my favorite one of all. The campaign was amazing. And it has my favorite uh, zombies map, which is uh, Kino Dertoten. Kino is one of the coldest maps of in zombies, for sure. Then uh, three. This is where it gets tough. But uh, I, uh, I really do enjoy like modern warfare 3's multiplayer and stuff mm. but i think i may give the nod to world war 2 honestly really? yeah because I've, I've played a lot of that game it was like the first call of duty one i got on the next gen console mm-hmm. um yeah the zombies was okay we did the easter egg so shout out to that yes dude oh my god <laughs> doing, doing easter eggs on zombie maps is the most exhausting teamwork forcing thing to do oh my goodness yes for for those of you at home that don't know the call of duty uh, zombies which was like what, what would you call that a subgenre sub a bonus yeah. Low yeah kind of thing uh of the call of duty franchise and some some of the call of, duty, call of duty games have it and what the easter eggs were is you had to do a set of challenges that weren't uh like necessarily obvious so you had to do some secret stuff here and there stuff that you wouldn't just be told to do in uh, in an instruction thing in the game and it would reward you with some kind of you know cinematic or bonus gun or in black ops one's case uh, a song would play yeah Uh, i know there's multiple other things there's a boss fight in a couple of games black ops 3 had one of those uh so did uh, World War Two, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that that would be the Easter egg, and it's just like something you could do 
uh, while you're playing the zombies part of the game. It was really fun. Yeah. Black Ops 3 had some crazy Easter eggs. Black Ops 3, okay, now that we've done Call of Duty, like, what about Call of Duty Zombies, top three Call of Duty Zombies games? Uh, One, I'd probably go Black Ops 1. Two, BO2. Three, Extinction. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I was about to go smack your neck through the through the mic. Um, three would probably be. It's it's between um, Bo three and World at War, because World at War was pretty fun. Too. Really, it was really simple, but a lot of fun. Nocturne and Toten. That's yeah. I mean, that's good. I'm that's a that's a fair list. It's a fair ranking. And, World at War Zombies was scary too. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Like you were scared while you were playing the game. Not like scared, scared, but just like like oh my god, the zombies are coming. Then once you get to like Black Ops two and and BO three, it's kinda of more cartoony. Yeah, they got they got goofy. Infinite Warfare was probably the worst zombies experience. Oh yeah. For sure. Or advanced warfare. Those were both horrible. Exo zombies. I'd say my top three. Number one is definitely Black Ops 2, just because I had so many DLCs in that one. Yeah. You had Buried. Oh, Buried. You had Mob of the Dead, I think. Uh Uh-huh. You had... I didn't have Mob of the Dead, but, I mean, it looked pretty cold. I did play Buried a lot, though. Me and Caleb have played plenty of hours of Buried. You had Town. You had Nuke Town, which was a good little small map. It was so hard, though. Nuketown Zombies was a different beast. Yeah, you could not tame it. That thing was insane. <laughs> town was town was so much fun. Town Town was by far one of my favorite zombies maps of all time. Town it was, was so simple, you know, very little perks. Everything there wasn't even an Easter egg, but it was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. For real, uh, yeah, transit. <laughs> which you know, ugh. transit was okay, I guess. If if you knew what you were doing, it was fun because it had an Easter egg to it. But the boss was complete trash. I mean, the boss was boring. Yeah, Black Ops Two would definitely be my number one pick, though, for for zombies in general. Uh, number two is Black Ops Three: Shadows of Evil. Oh yeah, Shadows of Evil. I've put so many hours into Black Ops Three: Shadows of Evil. Doing like every single little thing like that, that map carried Black Ops Three for me. That that zombies map carried everything about Black Ops Three for me. It was the coldest game, just because of the zombies map. It was addictive. And then my number three pick would definitely be Black Ops One. Black Ops One uh, had Keynote or Toten and Five. Five was fun. Five was hard. It was fun. Five had its moments, man, where it was it was pretty good, and then Kino de Kino de Toten had its, uh, you know, it was it, come on, it's Kino de Toten. You can't go yeah. wrong. The Theater of the Dead, the OG four, yeah. Like Nic- uh, yeah. Nikolai, uh, Rick Toffin, Takiel, Takiel, like that dude. <laughs> K to the I to the A zombie. Yeah, that was your. <laughs> yeah, that was. I love how they had those little quips and stuff. 
and then they brought in uh in like Black Ops Two and stuff like that. They had George Romero voice yeah. and stuff, and he was like a host. That was in a that was in Black Ops One. Black Ops were, One, yeah, yeah. That was Call of the Dead, and that was George Romero. It had um Robert England. Yep. Um, I think it had Kane Hodder. Then it, it had good. one. Good. It had Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so Sarah Michelle Gellar, and then I forgot who the fourth one was, but it was like all known people. Call of the Dead. Call of the Dead was a butt cheeks map, though. Yeah, it was horrible. In the in the special weapon or whatever, the what would you call that special weapon, right? Yeah, yeah, ray gun yeah. and stuff like that. It, it was like a sniper rifle that you could barely even use. Yeah, if you were trying to like seriously. Uh, go high up in rounds in that game. Heck of a series, though. I think it's fell off pretty hard, though. Definitely. I think pretty much everything after Black Ops 3, or maybe even World War 2, just I gave up. Black, Black Ops 4 was abysmal. It wasn't that bad. Honestly. It was. Like multiplayer in Black Ops Four was great. That was a ton of fun. Um, Black Ops Four Zombies was a little too complex, but it was okay. Like it, it wasn't terrible. It was a little complex. It was beautiful looking though. Yeah, I heard good stuff about the zombies. And there was no campaign, which sucked. It was like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. And then Modern Warfare. I mean the the battle royale's fun, but why do they gotta come on, man? Battle royale again, like the fiftieth game that's done that. This has got to be like the last major battle royale game because that is such a dying thing. I, at least I think we've got to get burned out of that at some point. I know I'm a little burnt out. Oh yeah, me too, but for sure. I think Fortnite still kind of carries it a little bit. I enjoy Fortnite sometimes, especially yeah. now. I definitely had a downtime where I did not play that game at all, but I'm starting to get into it. Definitely. Yeah, but every other Battle Royale is not for me, to be honest with you. I can only deal with one or two at a time. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Blackout either. That was uh, Dark Ops 4's Battle Royale, but Warzone is okay. It's got its its things. I'm glad it's free. That's the big thing. It's free. Yeah, they did something right with that. What are some of the best, like, video games that you think have come out in the past decade or so? The past decade? So 2010 and up? Yeah. Mm. You want to give me, like, or do you want me to give you, like, top three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one, just because of how successful it is and how impactful uh, it is, uh, Minecraft, and that was in 2010. Oh, on the dot, Minecraft has really popped off and been very successful. Okay, it it was really popular for like four years, and then it really dropped off because. Uh, the community was so toxic and weird. And then it's kind of had a resurgence lately, like the past two years. 
All the weird people are back. Yeah, now all the weird people are back. <laughs> Oof. Uh, of course, I gotta, you know, pay homage to the Call of Duty games. Definitely say the Call of Duty franchise has made its mark in this decade. The 2010s. Um, yeah, I'd agree. And then three. Shoot, dude, that's all I play. Like, I mean, Fortnite. Fortnite was pretty good. I'd definitely call that a, a highlight of my gaming experience, especially the earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. What about you? Let's stray away from uh, Call of Duty and Fortnite kind of a little bit. Um, I'd say three would probably be uh, Skyrim. Skyrim was insane. Oh, okay. Okay. You're absolutely right. I got to put Fallout 4 in there. That was next. Yeah. Fallout is so cold. I love Bethesda for that. Two would be um, a tie between New Vegas, which came out, I think, in 10 or 11, and Fallout 4. Those are both insane games. Fallout 3 was so good, too. I love Fallout. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fallout 3 was good. Yeah. Fallout 3 was so good. I still play Fallout 4, like, quite a bit. I grind that out. Yeah, the Fallout games are just amazing. Of course, with Skyrim, it's uh, the sister game. The medieval role-playing game. And then, uh, lastly, I'd probably go... Number one would have to be Prominence Poker. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, for me, number one would be Red Dead Redemption 2. That game was amazing. That was the last game that I bought like on release date, like when it came out. Like I bought that game so quickly, and I still play it sometimes. That game is so much fun. That is a good game. Uh, name. Go ahead. Sorry, to cut, sorry to cut you off here, but name something just right now, and you can most likely do it in the game. Like Just name anything. Play poker. <laughs> yeah, you can play poker. Fish. Yes, you can fish. Uh, beat up people. No, uh, women and children alike. All right. Uh, anything with Indians? Um. Yeah, one of your best friends, like guys in your gang, is name is Charles, and he's got all these Indian connections, and you can like befriend him or screw him over. Can you build a house? <laughs> Let me get my hammer and my nail and I'm yeah. That was the coolest song ever in any video game of all time. Is that so, Let's Build a House song? So beautiful. It's a great song. It's it's a bang. Brought smile. a tear to my eye whenever I saw that. <laughs> Definitely. That oh then I'd give an honorable mention to the just because I'm biased, but uh, the two South Park games, South Park, The Stick of Truth, and The <laughs> Fractured Butthole. Did, did you ever get through fun. those games? Yes. Heck yeah. And they are, they're a ton of fun. If you're in it, it's like just filled with Easter eggs. It's literally just a game built on fan service. That's good. I, I like when games are like that, where it's it's about the people instead of the, the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy those kind of games. What was a, which one came first? Stick of Truth? Yeah, Stick of Truth came out in like 2013. Heck yeah. And it's like a uh, 
Oh, what would you call that? MMO? Was it no. turn-based gameplay? Uh, it's like an MMO meets an RPG. Mm. Kind of like turn-based okay. meets an RPG. <laughs> it's, combat. Isn't huh? that the one like where like the difficulty depends on your skin color? Yes. <laughs> like that. Like um you get, the whiter you are, the easier it is, and the blacker you are, the harder it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a it's a very interesting game from the, the get go. And in the beginning of the game, Cartman gives you like a very disgusting crude name. And if you like um just don't like elect to just keep the name then you get like a 30 gamer score achievement for keeping your name. <laughs> nice. It's beautiful. See, I like those achievements in games. Like, yeah. I, I don't like the ones where you have to grind out for a gajillion hours for 50 gamer score. Yeah. I like those ones where if you find like a, a family of monkeys in a mountainside, like uh, in Halo 3. I don't think you ever get a, an achievement for it, but, you know, stuff like that. It's nice. <laughs> Halo games. Halo is oh, good oh my too. Gosh, Halo, Halo Reach. Oh, let me let me just kick Fortnite out. Fortnite can go take a dump somewhere. My third <laughs> place is Halo. The Halo games rule. <laughs> I love Halo so much. I'm so ready for Halo Infinite, dude. Oh, I forgot they're making that. Yeah, it's coming out this year. Holiday season. That's cool. Yeah. Will you be purchasing? Uh, probably not. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'll, it'll depend if people like it or not. I want to get that new t- uh, Doom game, Doom Eternal. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be like stupid fun. I heard the first Doom was pretty good. You've never played the first Doom? No. Yo, yo, Wait, for, oh. I, I'm ta- I'm talking about like I've played the original original Doom, but uh, yeah, it's the f- first Doom. I'm right? talking about like I'm talking about the Doom that came before Doom Eternal, Doom 2016. Yes, yeah, that one was interesting. A lot of people didn't like it because the characters were changed up, and then Doom Eternal tried to make it like retro. Mm. Yeah, which is why people liked it so much, and the. Uh, you could like customize your character in Doom Eternal, stuff like that. You could like make the Doom guy wear an astronaut suit. It's pretty dope. It is cool. Yeah, I haven't played the game though. I've just got so bored during this quarantine that I've been watching games, gameplay the of games that I don't even own. <laughs> yeah, like I've been watching Terraria, like. Let's plays, and I don't even own Terraria. I've been a, I'm a, I'm a huge like NBA slash basketball fan, and so the the thing that I've been getting besides like, and I'm mo- namely a Spurs fan. The thing that I've been doing like getting my basketball fix in besides reruns of Spurs games is I've been watching like 2K YouTubers simulate NBA seasons. <laughs> Like doing like team rebuilds. Like the main guy I watch, his name is Kenny Beecham, and he does it's king of the fourth quarter. And all he does is like he rebuilds bad teams, and it's like it's an addiction now. It's like my vice, just waiting until basketball comes back. Yeah, you're probably fiending because 
basketball has been canceled. The playoffs were supposed to start tonight, too. So aggravating. They were supposed to be really good, but here we are now. Some guy had to go eat a bat. Yeah. I like how some dude ate a bat, and now the entire NBA season is canceled. <laughs> escalated that far. It's like Ron Burgundy. That escalated quickly. Did Anchorman. Anchorman? Is it Anchorman or Anchorman? Anchorman, because Ron Burgundy is the Anchorman. Well, ain't that a kick in the head because there's a bunch of Anchorman in the film? What do you think that's kind of the plot hole? Like, that's like a play on the joke, though, because Ron Burgundy's so self centered. Oh, well, he's that, labeled as yeah. the Anchorman. <laughs> that makes sense. You stay classy, San Diego. Will Ferrell. I like how we're bashing, uh, we were bashing Adam Sandler last episode, right? Yeah. Dude. What do you think about Will Ferrell? His first of, Okay, before I get to Will Ferrell, first of all, I love Adam Sandler. Don't get this wrong. His stand-up is hilarious. Wrong. <laughs> and then uh, his movies are even better. But not Very Will wrong. Will Ferrell is like a grown-up's Adam Sandler. Like, his... He's hilarious. Will Ferrell is so funny, and it's like he does it without being like really stupid, like Adam Sandler. Like an Anchorman, he played. Oh my God, Anchorman, um, old school, um, just a whole bunch of movies he's great in. Yeah, I agree. Elf, Elf's a really good one. Elf, oh my God, that's a Christmas classic. He had that little thing in the Lego Movie. Oh yeah, there's the mean old dad. Yeah, uh, that movie, Daddy's Home. It's okay. That movie's all right, but he did okay, you know. Yeah, grown man. They got a. They got my boy Norm McDonald working with Adam Sandler sometimes in movies. He has a bunch of cameos in Adam Sandler films. Norm McDonald. Yeah, I love Norm McDonald. He's like that's my that's probably my all time favorite comedian that doesn't do stand up. Hey, bro. It's yeah. cute. Yeah, <laughs> that that was definitely the epitome of funny <laughs> jokes. Like he, he comes up with the funniest things, and he's so chill about it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> dude, just can't stop thinking about that. Yeah, the interview. That well, the funny part is that guy's so nerdy whenever he's talking to Norm. And so he's like, "Well, you're you're uh, having coitus with a girl, and, and she makes you yeah. put on a wig, and she makes you uh, call her silly names, and she even calls you some very derogatory terms." And, and you know, Norm's just over there agreeing, "Uh huh, yeah." And then the guy goes, and then uh, her neighbor, a black man, walks in. You know, really angry at the the terms that she's been slinging around, and Norm goes, "In coito," <laughs> and the guy's like, "Yes, yes." While you, while they're while you're having sex with the girl, oh, okay. And he's like, "Well, the black man, the black man has a baseball bat, <laughs> and what your job is is what do you say to get out of this situation?" And, of course, Norm f- famously says, Hey, bro, 
let's kill this honky bitch. <laughs> and, and then the interviewer dies, and then he goes, well, hey, what do you say, jive turkey? <laughs> it was like, the oh, man, this is the greatest. That was the magnum opus of funny jokes of all time. In, in Koido? In Koido? What's up with some funny stuff? I love Norm. He's always making fat jokes of himself. Stuff like that. But he's making really controversial jokes. Like Jewish people and stuff. It's funny. It's so good. Norm MacDonald, he reminds me of um, Al Bundy off of Married with Children on the sitcom. But Mike <laughs> Moore, um, not a, what would I, what was I, vulgar because he was allowed to be. But Al Bundy would just push the envelope just like Norman. It was so funny. Norm uh, had his own Netflix special. That's where his podcast was. Oh. Yeah, he, I, I'm pretty sure his podcast was on Netflix for like the longest time. For it, used, Netflix used to be pretty, pretty crazy with its movies. It used to have some crazy movies on there in, in the beginning, but uh, yeah, he something I, I can't remember what happened, but something bad happened, and then Netflix took off uh, all of Norm's videos, and then they've been trying to put all of Norm's videos on YouTube, and they get copyright striked. Like every single time, hey, so it's bro. really it's really hard to find like full length Norm Macdonald podcast episodes because they're all getting copyright strike and copyright banned because you know they were that Netflix show for a little bit of time. But podcast listeners, you nothing to worry about because the classic movie junkie podcast is not being copyrighted. Yes, we we will not YouTube. submit to the man Spotify. Anchor, you know, the three, the big three, the Holy Trinity. Yes, yes. You can even see our names here in the center of the screen. This is just to show the the grown, grown-ass men that own this account. <laughs> and, and nothing to fear. Me and Caleb are here. Oof. 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 But on that note, if I ever get mm. famous, I'm never talking to you again. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nah. If I ever get famous, I'm taking your half. Imagine we get famous off of this. Come on. Jeez. I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, that episode three was pretty promising. Episode, <laughs> yes. Episode episode two has 30 views now. That was insane. On each episode three. <laughs> episode. Two and episode one were definitely the cult, and then episode three, of course, the three from hell, and then of course episode four this week is gonna blow up. Yes. Oh yes, I I can feel it. I can feel it in my loins that this one is going to be a, a very great fifty piece. Oh, at least at least you know it. If this if this podcast, if you're listening this far, thank you, and also. Just go ahead and drop a like. Go ahead and slam that like button for us. Ten likes, and I'll go over to Caleb's house, and I'll smack him in the back of the head. How about that? And we'll record it. Yeah, I'll even record it. I'll dr- I'll drive to his house four hours away and give him a, a, a love tap on the back of his head. 
I'll force him to watch uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, great movie. <laughs> that is a good film. You didn't want to see it for so long, and I finally got it for you. It was it was a great movie. It was just like, it's not that I didn't want to see it. It was just like we had so many like debates about it and arguments. It was like one of those things like I can't submit. Yeah. I have to. That's fair. I have to hold my ground. Good. <laughs> but you did submit. Eventually, I did submit. And although, although the gratuitous child sex scenes were a little too much for me. <laughs> oh, you. You're just kidding. It was. It was very loving. It was. It was. It was such like a innocent film. That's what made it so good. It was just about two kids who just All wanted to love. get away from their situations, you know, and yeah, and loved each other. Very beautiful. Wes Craven has some very beautiful films. Wes Anderson. Wes, yeah, Wes, Wes Anderson and Wes Craven. Wes, Last House on the Left is one of my favorite love stories. Speaking of that, actually, Wes Craven. I watched a, a TV made made for TV film by Wes uh, Craven. And it was, oh man, it was called uh, Invitation to Hell. I watched it today, actually. It was really good. Wow. It was about these uh, this family that moves into a very beautiful suburb. And, Caleb, you'll get a kick out of this. Simi Valley, California. No way. I swear. Uh, also, that was where the film location was. And uh, it's just all about this family trying to escape a, a cult that dwells in an underground health club. And the health club, of course, is the gates to hell. It's made in like the eighties, dude. It's it's so eighties. It's way over the top eighties, and the main characters great. It's got uh, Miss Lucci, of course, the grown woman, love her to death. Uh, a, a, another eighties staple of beautiful eighties ladies. Eighties ladies. Eighties ladies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a good film. It's on Prime if you want to check it out. Any of you yeah. out there? Simi Valley. Yeah, it was a good one. But it, you can tell it was, it's extremely Californian. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. Recently, I watched uh, Taxi Driver. It was very good as well. I was, I'm trying to knock off some movies that are like people love and are like referred to as classics just during this quarantine. Just watch them. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, you just watched that. It's yeah. supposed to be pretty good. Oh, dude, it was so good. It was on that uh, 100 horror movies to watch thing. And, uh, yeah, I ended up watching it the other night. And I fell in love, dude. It's great. And as he questioning the plot every single twist and turn, it's a little scary, a little spooky, a little funny at times. It's great. It's got everything. Pretty sure you're describing a uh, human centipede to the final sequence, but <laughs> I think that was two was called the final sequence. No, the two was called the full sequence. Oh. Three was sorry, I the fandom gotcha. kills me sometimes. Gotcha. gotcha. But even a no, I need to watch Cabin in the Woods. It's they need to make a sequel to Bloody Pit of Horror. Speaking <laughs> of sequels and requels. A remake. I think this one deserves a remake. That one, I think people could really deserve... I think people do deserve a remake of Blade of Horror just because of how 
how great that film is and how much impact it has on the horror community to anyone who watches it. Just imagine, like, they could actually make a pretty good, like, gothic-style horror movie of that, especially with all the stuff they have today. Yeah, they definitely could. It just it just takes people with a little bit of brain, and sadly, in the horror, in the film community these days, there's not a lot of that. Just uh, take Jordan Peele for example. He's not a good horror director. What if he makes remakes bloody bit of horror? What would you do? Well, then maybe he'll get a pass, but I don't know. He could butcher it. You never know. <laughs> that film is so precious on its own, so delicate. I don't know how you how you could remake it with different actors. Jordan Peele would like fuse together like a he'd like make like a mashup of Bloody Pit of Horror and Moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be the light skin executioner <laughs> <laughs> instead of the, the crimson executioner. And of course he's gay. Yeah. He's gotta be gay. He's a little fruity. <laughs> but he's like in the closet gay. What was sub- that part of the horror? What would Jordan Peele substitute the spider for in that movie? Uh <laughs> I can't say that. Um like a pit bull off its chain, like yeah. a cocaine pit bull. Just a rabid <laughs> dog. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. The light-skinned executioner. You know what? He'll get brownie points if he ever does that. If he ever does a Bloody Pit of Horror uh, remake, I'll give him I'll give him points. They'd be high on my list if he does that. I don't even know who the original director is of the film. It doesn't even say on my copy of the movie. Because it was created by God himself. Oh, yeah, I have a uh, bootleg copy of it, pretty much. <laughs> Seeking a gothic background for an for a horror photo shoot, five sexy cover girls and a handful of photographers break into what they assume is an uninhabited castle, uninhabited castle, uh, and are soon taking a series of macabre stills in its dungeon. But surprise, residing in the castle is demanding actor Travis Anderson, who is played by Mickey Hardigay. Great, very strong man, who thinks he is the reincarnation of the Crimson Executioner, a 17th century madman whose body is entombed in the castle Iron Maiden. When Travis recognizes one of his models as his former fiance, he is already unhinged mind, completely collapses and snaps. He gleefully subjects the trespassers to a variety of bizarre and elaborately conceived tortures. The Crimson Executioner cries out for blood. There's like 50 different versions of this film where uh, content is cut and spliced and stitched back. I mean, this is literally the Frankenstein of movies. That's because the, it had to be cut so many times for the MPAA to, for it to not get like just burned. Yeah. It was just too gruesome. So yeah, for, for its time, it was a really gory film, especially uh, for a foreign film in Italy. That one, uh, that opening shot of like the blood coming out of the Iron Maiden <laughs> the executioner in it, that just, that still shakes me to the core to Dude, this day. He spilled his uh, cherry G fuel. <laughs> I need my gamer fuel. And I, as the Crimson Executioner, must have my electrolytes. 
than a oh how about the the torture devices he uses are so just macabre and yeah very macabre you got the tetanus machine oh that'll scratch the crap out of your back dude yeah dude Uh, he he had that stretcher thing that was a a genuine actual torture device that they used to use uh they had the cold oh oh jeez and it was just a stream of cold water that would drip on this girl's back. It didn't look at all uncomfortable. <laughs> I love how he announces what it is. He's all, yeah. The ice water thing. He goes off. I mean, after a time, your skin would, like, numb anyways. There's that cold, so you wouldn't even feel it. Dude, this guy was like, he, he swore up and down that <laughs> this is the most painful thing. Where do you even get that cold water from, too? Oh, it's a castle in the middle of God knows where. Yeah, it was in the middle of like some hills that had no access to to snow or anything like that. They're not nearly as high up in, in altitude to get snow. And how about that stupid those stupid henchmen? Yeah, wore, like, dude, the they same look like extras. From, shirts. They look like extras from that Sid Haig pirate movie. <laughs> They all had the same like they wore khakis and the striped shirts. Those are they were some goonies. They were all buff too. That was the funny part. I think the Crimson Executioner was a closeted homosexual. <laughs> if I'm being honest, he made them walk around in all those tight khakis with their butts hanging out. Oh yeah, something weird was going on within the the walls of the Crimson Castle. I can bet that. Great film, though, guys, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Superb. I would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. They got it free on YouTube. Bloody Pit of Horror. Isn't it on Prime, too? Yeah, it's on Prime. It's on YouTube. You get it on DVD. Pretty cheap. <laughs> I originally watched it. Me and Caleb watched it together. It was both our first times. Caleb was just over to hang out and. uh you know, we turned it on, and we were instantly in love with the film. We're captivated, in fact. Uh, that was definitely the magnum opus of horror films, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely has a place in my heart, for sure. Great film. Great film. Superb. Yeah, Bloody Pit of Horror. 1964, I think. 68. I'd like to also give a shout out to Asim Barber. Um, he's this speak Indian Crimson Executioner. <laughs> he's this Indian ASMR massage guy who just he's very animated and he's very um he loves what he does. He's very passionate, you could tell. Yeah. This has become a tradition with me and Caleb here. Like almost every night before we go to bed, we uh we kinda react to a youtube video you know just kind of watch one and make fun of it and our latest <laughs> kick has been the asim barber videos on youtube where it's just this indian massage barber dude he makes all these goofy faces and there's one where he like uses stupid looking tools and it's just really funny like he's always making all these faces and stuff, and it's like it's not really intentional either. You can tell. And it's, oh man, that's a great, great set of film. 
and he gives like really rough, loud massages. Yeah, they're so weird looking. The way he does things, man, stretches them and gives them pain <laughs> and pleasure. There's this one video called um, it's like very rough revenge on the scene. <laughs> Yeah. And it looks like he's in like one of those like hostage rooms where they were like like the Taliban would take the Americans yeah. and like cut it their does look off. like a ISIS torture video. <laughs> so it's on like a handheld camera and it's like twenty minutes of this guy who he's very angry. He's got like really long, greasy black hair and he looks like he just wants to kill a seam. Just, and then he just beats the crap out of a seam, and it seems like the whole time he's like making these weird faces, like he looks terrible. <laughs> he's giving him like Indian rug burns and stuff. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. This has definitely been one of the greatest things I've ever found on YouTube. The most entertaining. <laughs> There's this one video where it seemed he like always he massages this one guy like all the time, and he pops his neck like so hard and so good. Jumps out of his chair, like, and is dumbfounded for like ten seconds. It's just silent. And he and stuns him, dude. He looks at his seam and goes, "That was amazing." <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what a seam does. Like, he'll he'll relax his patient to the point where they're almost asleep, and then he'll do the 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 final neck crack, and he cracks them so hard that they have like a near death experience. And like a seam has to pull him back from limbo into the, the physical realm. Pull him back from the vortex. The vortex. <laughs> That's another good YouTube video. This is the Crimson Executioner. There's this dude that dresses up as a Crimson Executioner. And it's a 15 second video. This guy that just screams, The vortex with this other guy. And it's like cosplay. Oh, it's so they're, silly. They're on the screen for literally like less than a second. Yeah. And then the rest is this really crappy music that loops for the, the 14 extra seconds. The vortex. The vortex. I still don't know what the heck the vortex is. It's it's like a Dr. Mortos. It's the other guy. And it's this like little short guy in like a group. <laughs> the vortex. <laughs> There was a another great YouTube guy. His his name's Hyperfix, <laughs> two X's. And he's a he did this thing where there's this movie called Thirty One, and the guy says, "In hell, everybody loves popcorn." And this guy <laughs> he looks at the camera, and he's in like a Target bathroom, and he's eating popcorn. It's like thirty seconds. He goes, "In hell, everybody loves." popcorn. Popcorn just licks it out of his hand and he just cackles wildly. <laughs> the best part is, is he's in like a damn Hobby Lobby bathroom doing it. <laughs> or, or how about this is the best one, obviously. It's Deathgasm, baby. Deathgasm, baby. He goes insane. There's even a video where um he does. What he calls a goat dance for <laughs> twenty five <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and he like he like horn rushes the camera like with his head like <laughs> it's just this middle aged man that does all these goofy, very weird and odd things in front of this camera phone. 
and he's got like two subscribers, and that's me and Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to to dox us there, but <laughs> we are definitely following him. The videos are both like two years old. It's like this guy just went through like this weak phase of just making weird ass videos. <laughs> Deathgasm, baby. <laughs> we watched that so much. Um, I <laughs> slowed down and like sped up the Deathgasm on like max volume and like, screen recorded. Yeah, Caleb turned into DJ Deathgasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was sending me all these videos of. The guy screaming deathgasm at three times speed. <laughs> He's going through light speed. His head was flailing everywhere and he was screaming. Oh my gosh. Great, great, great video. YouTube, dude, it supplies you with endless amounts of entertainment. Billions it's- of videos. Honestly, when people say, like, if you could only have one, like, Netflix, you know, I'd probably pick YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. For sure. There's so much funny stuff on YouTube. And there's new stuff every day. Yeah. You're right. And there's even movies. You can get movies on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Like, we were talking about uh, last, I think, last time, last episode, how people pirate movies on that app. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how I watched uh, Spookies for the first time. Spookies, another great film. <laughs> Golly, you know it's a you know you're getting into a good movie whenever the film was filmed halfway, and then the idea was scratched, and then they decided to finish the project, but make it into a completely different movie the second half. It was Spookies. It was so weird. The movie was very, very odd. I don't know why they decided to actually uh, at, even attempt to make a film out of whatever the heck that they just, you know, made. But, I mean, some parts in it were good, though. They had some monsters and stuff. I mean, the effects were great. The acting was somewhat decent. But the story made absolutely no sense. But then again, like, I watched two and a half out of ten ratings on IMDb for fun, you know? Yeah, you do. That's my kink, is watching three out of ten rated films on IMDb. Ladies, ladies, if you want to know a way to Troy's heart, just show him a really crappy like horror movie for yeah, a pure horror movie, some goofy toxic slime title from like the eighties, and oh yeah, and IMDb, oh, man, they get petty. I tell you what, with the right, <laughs> they get very petty. Yeah, yeah, I agree to an extent, but they some are. movies just uh. Some movies just ain't the move. Yeah, you're right. They definitely, um, I don't know. They they got some. They got some weird. They got some weird reviews on that one. Definitely. Yeah, man. IMDb, if you're coming after you, 
I'm holding the head of the movie junkie executive right now. Not the classic movie junkie executive. I have him by the hair. He's it's just a head. The body, you'll never find it. Mr. Oh. AMD. Your neck. He's missing like a couple of years. I took him to a warehouse. A couple of years. Stuck in <laughs> he started playing. I started dancing. Yeah, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Yeah, that's going to be me, Mr. IMDb. Watch out. I'm going to get you. Clowns to the left of me. IMDb execs to the right. But here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I'm going to make you undergo ice water torture. Oh. On your back. The tetanus machine, too. At least put them, like, on the stretch machine. Something a little, like, more merciful. I tell you what. At at 10k followers, I'll leak my Crimson Executioner cosplay. <laughs> Shoot, 10 subscribers, I'll post his the, the Crimson Executioner <laughs> cosplay without him knowing. Just get us to 10 subs. Just Yeah, Please. dude, we're halfway there. All right, six. <laughs> Jake, I know you're listening. Have your friends subscribe. <laughs> Heck yeah. Of our loyal subscribers. Well, well sorry, uh, I should refer to him under his pseudonym, John Ham. Yes, John Ham, the man, this, the legend. <laughs> Shout out to John Ham, though. He's been a day one. Really supported us all the way through. Heck yeah! Shouts out to that man. Oh man. I'll tell you what, Caleb, dude, we've blown through an hour already. Holy I hell. know. Forget <laughs> about bloody pit of horror on YouTube. And bashing the crap out of Jordan Peele. <laughs> that was like 30 <laughs> minutes of this. Dude, I, I could get out a soapbox about how bad Jordan Peele is, dude. I can talk about how bad Twilight Zone was and how he was the goofiest host ever on planet Earth. <laughs> I mean, why? Why? I mean, the idea's good, like remaking Twilight Zone, but he just he just used the same stories. I mean, it's so dumb. He could have done something about killer phones or something like that. I mean, come on, that would have been a little bit better. Killer instead phone. Of, instead of redoing death at ten thousand feet or whatever, he could have like done something about like. This like huge pandemic that just sweeps the world and it's named after yeah. a beer. It'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. The Budweiser virus. <laughs> it's my time. What's that? The Heineken virus. It's the. It's the Natty Light nineteen. Oh. The Yo. Natty virus. <laughs> The Guinness 19. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder why they called it the coronavirus. Like, I understand that that's a classification for a family of viruses, like uh, like flu and stuff like that. But why corona? What does corona mean? No. Like, like in its, in its uh, scientific term. Jordan Peele probably came up with it. Who knows? Well, yeah. That's because Jordan Peele um, is just a horrible person no even worse actor and i hope that his career does not 
become any more successful. I hope he just crashes and burns. What a guy. Career-wise, I hope he crashes and burns. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. Yeah. I hope he goes bankrupt. So he doesn't... So he can't make any more movies. Jordan Peele could kiss my butt. (laughs) And you know what? I think we should end it on this high note. (laughs) About me hating on Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. You ever uh, get the chance to listen to this? You're probably too good. You probably act you're too good for this, but you know I know you, Mr. Jordan, Mr. Peel, and especially Mr. IMDb. I'm coming after both of y'all. I'm a I'm a bonk both of y'all's heads together like a, a wrestler would on WWE. I'm gonna put you in some wacky WWE moves, Mr. Peel. Dude, next episode, we have to talk about the WWE. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to be a That's definitely going to be a topic that needs to be touched on. The WWE. It's going to be a whole mini series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, have a, I mean, I could probably whip out a good impression of uh, Hulk Hogan. Give him a taste. Go ahead. Well, uh, let's see here. You want to do uh, an outro? Where I'm Hulk Hogan and you're the other dude. Who's the other dude? Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. We posted him on uh, on Movie Junkie. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, Randy Savage. You want to be Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan? Macho Man. Because the cream rises to the top. All right then, brother. I'll tell you what. The World Wrestling Federation is not ready for this classic Movie Junkie podcast. Vince McMahon has tried to get his banned, but little does he know that the Macho Man has a plan. And that That's is, right, brother. And that plan is to make classic movie junkie podcast the greatest podcast on the face of this earth, brother. You're absolutely right. I'm going to put Vince McMahon in his damn place. <laughs> the classic movie junkie podcast will rule, brother. And that is on baby slime. The World Wrestling Federation will pay. The WWF does not know who they're messing with in Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. The Unholy <laughs> 2. Remember that? Did you ever watch when Randy Savage like got his mind taken over? Yes. Yeah, he's like, get out of my head. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> Out of my head, not the macho man taking over overdrive, macho man, ah, brother. The macho man is getting too many brain waves. That was when ah. WWE was when when the WWE was the WWF. That was yeah, so WWF cool. was dude. That was something else. They were so stupid, and but it was Talk so about entertainment. Good lord, and. There was like no wrestling. Well, there was wrestling, but <laughs> so much like build up and stuff. It was just like a show. It was this dude. It was literally just like a. It was romance, action. <laughs> they used to, they used to have, like, heroes and villains. Yeah, like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were both the heroes, and then and the guys like Stone Cold, the villains. It was like the Undertaker. Sometimes uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man would fight though. 
Well, even the best of people disagree sometimes. Yeah, brother. But not over classic movie junkie podcast. Because the moves, the classic movie junkie podcast will prevail. Vincent, man, if you're listening to this, brother, me and Macho Man Randy Savage are coming after you, Mr. IMDb, and that dreaded punk that you call Jordan Peele. And with that, brother, I will conclude this podcast for my friends Troy and Caleb. And that's on Slimes, brother. And that's on Jordan Peele's dead body. I think we should definitely pick this uh, pick this up, though, in the intro, for sure. Yes. <laughs> so do, hey, we got to leave him on a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's been a great episode. Uh, I really think it has, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later.